0: Australian bars.
4: Titty discs
3: and <laughs> that's what to be known as from now on, like, I'm gonna go into the Marvel Wikipedia and it is. <laughs> <laughs> the worst titty gonna <laughs> get better than that. Uh, comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them Step into the Fan O fan Fan
2: O' Hey guys? Welcome back to another Catastic Burdarific episode of Fanholes comics, motherfucker. Do you read them? Hey, what's up, guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your hosts tonight, and I am not alone. I got two, count 'em, two of my fellow Fanholes up here in this cool ass clock tower with me. Why don't you guys give a shout out and let everybody know who is here tonight? Hey,
4: I'm Matches Mike. I'm filling in for Mike tonight. I've got a sunglasses (laughs) and a match in my mouth and a little mustache. Don't
3: question it. And this is just
2: Michael. This this uh, bruise you have on your back is is eerily familiar to our Michael. So you know, I I don't know. I don't know. It's a coinky dink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. In it, in it. You're getting that, that East Gotham accent going, huh? <laughs> whatever, whatever that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome, awesome. So, yeah, yeah. We are, we're, So we're here to talk about some comics tonight. This is a loosey-goosey-ass tie-in to the, the Birds of Prey feature film release. And this is one of those episodes where it was, uh, my, my mandate was, I don't care what you bring. It's just got to be, you know, a character that is... In the film, or peripherally related to the film, or, or so on and so forth. So we we each brought well a comic, or in my case, comics that have a story with you know some of the characters from this Birds of Prey upcoming feature film. And I guess since we're going in chronological order, that'll that'll be me. That'll be me that's kicking this off. And technically, I just I just asked the guys to read. The Black Canary story from Adventure Comics issue 418 and 419. This was a monthly book that had a price of about 25 cents. It was released in 1972. This was written by Denny O'Neill. And the main reason why I brought it is because the art was by the immaculate Alex Toth. And basically, this is the long and short of the Black Canary story, which, uh, according to some, some places, it's titled as The Canary and the Cat in some places, and it's also titled as Circle of Doom in some places, but the, the story in the actual comic doesn't really have a title, so who's to say? But here is the brief synopsis of the, the story from the two issues of Adventure Comics. Dinah Drake is in the middle of a job hunt, but doubts any employer is in the market for a female judo expert. To her surprise, she finds a wanted ad in search of a woman to teach martial arts techniques. Dinah decides to go to the job interview as Black Canary, where her potential employer, Bertha Kane, hires her on the spot after taking down her bodyguard, Timothy Timmy. Her first lesson starts immediately, given to members of the Women's Resistance League. Later, coming back from a break, she sees the group being held at gunpoint by mass terrorists. She defeats the crooks rather easily, only to be blackjacked unconscious by Bertha Kane. It turns out the mass goons were also with the Women's Resistance League, and their leader, who turns out to be Bertha, tells one of her girls to finish off the unconscious Black Canary. In the next chapter bertha then changes her mind and elects to use black canary as a hostage as opposed to killing her on the spot canary is then bound and placed inside a van the women's resistance league or wrl as i'm gonna call them drive her to a point where they intend to intercept and free their leader a prisoner being transferred from one prison to another. Black Canary comes to coax Bertha's plan out of her while she's tied up, and it also buys herself some time so she can finally break loose from her ropes. Canary then knocks out Bertha and her girls that have stopped the prisoner transfer. Later, she discovers that the prisoner Bertha hoped to free is none other than one Selena Kyle, a.k.a. Catwoman. So yeah, that's that's kind of the long and short of these stories. I mean, there's there's a lot of different stories that, you know, it, a, Adventure Comics was, was kind of an anthology book at this point. I think Supergirl was like the lead feature in Adventure Comics. But I, I always remember, you know, when I was kind of going through like my different read-throughs of, of things for various projects or whatever, you know, I, I read a lot of Black Canary comics just because I wanted to sort of get the... The long and short of Black Canary's confusing ass history, you know, straight in my head and stuff. And and one of the stories that I ended up reading, when when I sort of did that reading project, was this. And and I adore the art in this. I mean, the art in this is is freaking gorgeous. So like that's that's the main reason why I brought it. I, I you know the stories, you know the story fine. I mean I mean I, I think if it was anybody else doing the art, it, it, that could have it could have easily the writing could be. You know somewhat pedestrian but the the art is i think what really makes this issue stand out to me it it stands out within the context of this anthology series but then just in general i think i mean this is this is the type of book that i think would stand out among a crowd one way or the other so i i don't know Have, have either of you guys read this before or or is this the first time you're reading reading this story
4: no, I mean, I, I haven't, you know, obviously I haven't because I'm not, you know, as much of a DC fan as you, but yeah, I was going to say like the art was immediately what like stood out to me. I thought the art was like gorgeous in this and like, I haven't actually like seen, read a lot of comics by Alex Toth. So like, uh, what do you call it? I guess it, it was a minor revelation for me, I guess. Like I've seen his art before, but I was kind of like, "Oh yeah, like I, I really like that style."
2: Well, I mean, I mean, I think most people know him from like, you know, it's like space ghost designs and super friends designs. And he worked a lot in like the animation industry and stuff like that. So I think it's probably like reading a Frank Frazetta comic book. It's like, everybody knows who Frank Frazetta is. Everybody knows that there are certain paintings or sculptures or different things like that. But then, you know, it's, it's one of those things where like, if you actually sit down and read like a, you know, a ghost writer comic or a Phantom Rider comic by Frank Frazetta, and then you're just like, Whoa, he did like, sequential art and panels and the whole whole deal and and it's kind of like the same thing like with 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 Alex Toth you know like where you're like this is this is like you know kind of awesome like to to just see him you know just kind of do a comic you know business as usual but it's 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 just more than that I guess at least to me it is but what about you Justin like like I know you're you're kind of a fan of Black Canary I'm, I'm assuming you've you've read this before or at least you've you've read black canary comics before more so than than mike has
3: i've read black canary comics before but i've never read this
2: oh okay
3: like yeah this is really great i mean i've read some like house of mystery comics that alex Toth illustrated because you know okay yeah yeah i like all that stuff and he did some of that so this this was really great i'm with you i think if anyone else illustrated this like it would be pretty pretty dull and uninteresting like it's a pretty simple story. Um, yeah, yeah. It's just this is one of those stories where the presentation is everything, and the art kind of makes up for any kind of failings there is in the story. But yeah, like I I read this, and then I went back and was just like admiring the artwork. I was like, wow, this is great. I, I really liked the ending where they're like, hey, do you want to see who they were trying to break out? And I was like, <laughs> oh, it's Cat One. Like I I didn't even think it was going to be anyone known. I was like. Oh, I didn't even think about it. I was like, okay, they're gonna try and rescue like the leader of their like radical feminist
2: organization. See, that, that's funny. Like, like it's like they they talk about how oh, this is you know the Women's Resistance League. It's a it's a feminist organization. Like they she 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 says what their mandate is is like oh we're not gonna you know take crap from men anymore, and that's why we want you to train all these these women to defend themselves basically. But like. it's kind of funny, like, you feel like as she's doing it, it's like, well, I guess it's not my job to concern myself with what these women are going to do with these lethal skills I'm teaching them, you know, or whatever, but I'm just kind of like, but she's even, even Dinah's just kind of like, you know, she's scratching her head, like, this, this, these women seem like they've been through some rough patches before, you know, and it's like, it's like, they all look like they've done like a, a prison stint or whatever, like, like, you know, cause they, they're all kind of butch and tough and, you know, they, they kind of have that no nonsense look about them, like compared to, cause, cause Black Canary as drawn by Alex, she's the most gorgeous looking woman in the entire piece, yeah. right? Like, and, and so, so comparatively like these, these other women, you know, they, they, they look like they're a little rough around the edges just to turn you know they it's like if you saw like one of these i don't know wh- whatever you call it like like prison women's exploitation movies or whatever it looks like they came out of one of those where they were all you know it's like helga or whoever and her and her women in the prison or some crap like that right like black so.
3: canary in Chains. <laughs> yeah well,
2: that's, that's i think that's, i might
3: watch that one <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of what it feels like or whatever but yeah yeah that that does kind of crack me up that you've got like you know, somebody like Denny O'Neill writing all that stuff, but then you know, counterpoint to that, it's funny is like, I mean, I I didn't mention it in the synopsis, but I mean, you, this is, these are only like eight page stories, but you can't get away from Green Arrow in this. I mean, yeah. they, they have to mention him. It's like they're, they're contractually obligated to mention him. And then, you know, she clearly is head over heels in love with them. And then, I I mean, in some sense, I mean I I it is funny, this this might not make sense to too many people because they don't know what we talk about before we get on the show but we we're just talking about like dragon ball and all this other stuff but like it kind of reminds me of like you know it's like even though gohan's like the one who wins in the movies or or you know maybe it's the kids or something like that there's like always that you know the spirit of goku like that's like hooking them up with a kamehameha at the end of some of those movies or whatever and i feel like if if this was a dragon ball movie it's like black canary might have been you know kicking the spit out of all these these you know thug-like, you know, bad news women. But I feel like you'd see like this little spirit of Ollie, like shadow in the back going, kick her, kick their ass, Dinah, you know, or whatever. Cause it's like, he's the one, it's like, he's the one who kind of plants that idea of, you know, never give up, like don't surrender, like keep trying to break out of them ropes, even though <laughs> it looks like they, they've got you caught or whatever. And I, I kind of feel like today, like people would probably lose their goddamn minds over that like she she has no agency she has to like look to to Green Arrow for inspiration or whatever but like I, I don't know that I have like a huge problem with it but I find it funny that you know you've got this kind of as Justin describes them, this kind of militant feminist organization that, that are clearly bad news I mean they're going to break Catwoman out of jail like they're criminals right but, but then it's like there's also the aspect of that doesn't mean that that's you know, that, that necessarily being a feminist makes you a criminal either, you know, like, so it's like, I don't know. It's kind of funny to me the the whole, it's like they're trying to layer it with, with certain, I don't know, nuances of the day or, you know, certain, certain, uh, you know, popular terminology, but then it's all very superficial as to how it applies to the story. So that, that kind of goes back to the notion that if anyone else drew this, like the story is kind of pedestrian and not exactly thought out. It's just kind of a bunch of buzzwords thrown into like a really simplistic jailbreak story.
4: Essentially. I I had some deja vu reading this because I feel like I've read this plot before. And I was like trying to think of who I'd read it before. Like some, like a superhero gets hired to train a bunch of people or someone. And then it turns out those people are going to use those skills for crime. So the superhero has to like take them all down or whatever. And I'm like, where have I read that before? And I mean, you know, obviously, like, I mean, no idea is original. Like, I'm sure a lot of that stories come up a lot. But, like, I just had, like, some deja vu, and I can't place it. Like, I can't think of where I've read this before.
2: I'm, I'm like, I would laugh if it turns out it was, like, a Mockingbird story.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I, I almost want to say it's, like, like, weirdly enough, I want to say it's, like, U.S. Agent. Or something like, like where he trains a bunch of people and they turn out to be scumbags, and then he has to take them all down. But I I can't say that. Like I can't think of the specific story. But like I I don't know. It's someone in Marvel.
3: The only thing I kind of questioned in, in this short narrative was like, okay, Black Canary has had adventures with Green Arrow, and she's been hanging out with the Justice League. And this judo job is, like, the best thing she could get. Like, you'd think she could get something a lot nicer than that. You know what I mean?
2: Well, it's weird because I, I'm trying to remember the chronology of this all, but this, this must be before she got her flower shop or or after she lost her flower shop on Earth 2. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. like because it, it's, like, it's like, that's what I remember, you know, I mean, you know, again, you know, the, you know, the internet today would have a tizzy, but Dinah owned a flower shop, right? Like that's, that's what she did, right? She sold flowers. Like, so, so like, that's what I would typically expect is her, you know, Clark Kent's a news reporter, like, like Dinah Drake, Dinah Lance, whatever. Like she's, you know, she's a florist. Like that's, that's usually, that's her, her day-to-day job, but this must be in a period where she's probably in a transition. Like if she went from earth two to earth one, then it's like, well, now what's my job? You know what I mean? Like, what skills do I have? And then, and then, you know, it seems like she's focused on that whole thing of like, well, nobody's going to want to hire a woman to teach them judo. And then it's like, wow, what a coincidence. There's an ad in the paper asking for a woman to teach people judo. Like <laughs> I better go check this out, you know, or whatever. And then that's what kind of kicks off the story. But, you know, yeah, I, I I get what you're saying too. Cause you're like, you're like, you think there would be other, you know, other skills that, that she would either have or, or, you know, other things. And I mean, eventually, like, like I said, I'm pretty sure she does open a a florist shop on earth one too. So, so that uh, becomes an eventuality, but I think this must've been, you know, somewhere in between that point or in some kind of transitionary period where she's like, you know, Oh, she's got to look for some, some work to pay the bills in the meantime or something. I mean, I suppose today they just have uh, Bruce Wayne finance everything, or whatever it is, you know, give her a Justice League salary or some nonsense. But yeah, I mean, I know there's not there, there there's not too much in depth you can get into on this, but I just I I really really did like appreciate the art in this, and I I just I it's one of those things where I think if somebody asked me like what my favorite Black Canary story is, like I think I'd point to this just because I think it's 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 simple it's short it's sweet and and the art is is super duper awesome
1: black canary i'll need a sparring partner i'm satana why do you care about some leggy dame in nylons or have i answered my own question
0: Black Canary and Zatanna, together in one podcast. I'm Ryan Daly, and I've got a thing for superheroes in fishnet stockings. That's why I started Power of Fishnets, the Black Canary and Zatanna podcast. Join me every two weeks as I celebrate the Blonde Bombshell and the Mistress of Magic in their exciting adventures published by DC Comics. Power of Fishnets. Available on iTunes and at FireAndWaterPodcast.com.
2: I guess that'll take us out of this issue, but we're going to move on. And Justin brought an issue tonight, and I'm going to let Justin tell us what issue he brought and, and how it sort of loosely ties into the Birds of Prey you know, mandate character selection pick we have going on tonight. And go ahead, man. What did you bring tonight?
3: So I brought Batgirl number eight. This has a cover date of November 2000, and a cover price of $2.50. This story is written by Kelly Puckett and penciled by Dane Scott. Cass battles Lady Shiva, desperately trying to win just one blow. She fails and wakes up in the envious. She escapes and encounters Shiva on the rooftops. Shiva points out the flaws and weaknesses of Cass' fighting style and asks for her bracelet back. Cass gives it, as well as a punch, which K.O.'s, she Cast Cass so while she doesn't kill, she doesn't lose either. The end. So this is one of those comics that Wizard was heavily promoting, like, when it hit. And I never really sat down and read it until we started doing this podcast. Like, I think, I feel like I, like, maybe have read two issues of this run, and I, like, for whatever reason, it didn't make much much impact on me. I just kind of wrote it off for whatever reason. And then I think, like, when we started doing this podcast, I, th- I think it was you, Derek, who you were like, "Oh, well, you should read that. Like, that's a really great run." So I sat down and read it, and I was like, "Derek was right. This is a really great run. Like, I really like this whole run." Of- All right, I'm just
2: gonna over. play. I'm gonna play back that clip with him again. <laughs> Derek was right. <laughs> Derek was right. <laughs> <laughs> what,
3: what have I done? Um, yeah. But like I said, yeah, this this whole volume of Batgirl was really good. I think what threw me off was her costume. Something, I mean, it didn't bother me that Barbara Gordon was no longer Batgirl, because I knew she was Oracle at this point, whatever. I think it was just the fact that her it seemed to me like the way she was illustrated, her eyes were blacked out and she didn't have a mouth, you know, because like they had taped up her mouth. And I was like, I don't understand why they did that. And it just didn't click with me. But if you sit down and read the book, and you understand Cassandra's character, you're just like, "Oh, I I get why that looks like that," because just the way she was raised and trained, and you know, I mean, they go several several issues with her barely saying even a few words. And this issue was is the first of many encounters she'll have with Lady Shiva, who, spoilers, turns out to be her mom, unless that was retcon later on, which I don't think it was, but Cassandra is in the Birds of Prey movie, but I... <laughs> 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 I feel like the less said yeah. about that, the better, because, like... This, the Cassandra,
4: trailer doesn't inspire confidence, no.
3: It, it, it does not, because, like, I mean, I really grew to like Cassandra, the character, from this, this volume. And what we see in the trailer, it's, like, the complete opposite of what I know of her as a character. So I was just like, uh, it's... So when you were asking about like what to bring, I was like, I want to bring a really badass issue of Cassandra. And I was like,
2: this is the one I'm bringing. This is a good choice, too. I mean, this is... This, is for me, would be one of those series that would be difficult for me to isolate a single issue that would be my favorite, just because it, it, I think it goes back to our age-old discussion about, you know, can you binge this, can you not? Like, this series is absolutely bingeable like yeah. binge worthy this this is in an era where things were just starting to get written for the trade and i mean this for this series in the best possible light like this is totally written for the trade totally like you just you just eat up every single issue and everything and that's exactly how this is written like th- what's funny for me is this reminds me of stuff because i remember so so my mud hut buddy, you know, uh, Wolverine in a mud hut, you know, can can fight with Iron Man, buddy. Like he, all he read was X Men comics, pretty much. Like like some other stuff, he liked Moon Knight and whatever, right? But when this came out, I, I I was basically all about it. Like I was reading the issue by issue. I thought it was really awesome, and so I managed to convince him to pick up the trade. But what I thought was funny was we were both in a film with another guy and if you if you if you're curious if you look up like slap tv and you you look up the the series that features roberto rad like that's who i'm referring to in this but so we were we were in a film with roberto and i think at some point i forget if he had to take a plane flight or whatever it was but he borrowed or you know had you know, my other buddies like, trades and different things like that, and he wasn't really interested in any, from my recollection, he didn't really get into any of the X-Men stuff, and he wasn't really much of a comic book reader, as far as I could tell, but I remember he read The Trade of This, which was, like, the first six issues, and he thought it was great, and so, like, that was one of those things where I felt, you know, again, like, sort of vindicated, where I was, like, this is a great series like I mean and 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 this this may or may not offend people too but I mean I think it's important to note this is the longest running Batgirl series there ever was. Like this ran for like I think sixty-two issues plus like mini-series and annuals and all this other stuff like this is the longest lasting Batgirl series there was. I mean I might go so far as to say with the exception of Stephanie Brown's Batgirl series, I think it's probably the best Batgirl series there ever was. So, but that's why, you know, I'm like I recommended it to Justin and thought it was really cool and everything. So that's, you know, and and then this issue in particular, like I said is a good pick for you to bring just because I mean, okay, it's got Lady Shiva who is fucking awesome and and it's got a really nice fight and everything. I think I think part of that trade binge-worthy thing. I mean, I think for this story to to completely work, I think it helps to have read like the last ten ish, ten pages of like issue number seven. But, but I mean, still like this is this is still like a really really good pick as far as like, if you're gonna isolate an issue of Batgirl, I I'm like you've done a man's job, sir. <laughs> like so so yeah, this is this is a good one.
3: I think it also helps if you read the previous seven issues because, like, you see throughout those issues, like, you know, you have this whole narrative of, like, Cass was trained as an assassin from the time she was a child and everything. and You know, Bruce and Barbara, they're trying to kind of peel that away and kind of humanize her. And the whole time she's kind of just, she's taking out, like, bad guys, but Bruce kind of tells her, don't take on any metas, like, let me handle that. And we you see her struggle and she even kind of has her failures in a couple issues. Like there's that one issue where-
2: Oh yeah, has yeah. You have to
3: rescue that guy from jail and he, he dies, but it's not because of her. You see that she's, I don't want to say she's invulnerable, but she's, she's pretty badass. And like, this is the, I think the issue where she, like I said to my little synopsis, like all she wants to do is land one hit on Lady Shiva. And she gets like knocked out. Like that, that make, when I was reading this for the first time, I just said, I was like, whoa, like she, She's such a badass and she couldn't even hit land one blow on Lady Shiva. Like, whoa. Like, I, w- I want to read more. Like,
2: yeah, and that's... The, okay, so th- this is going to be another ranty tangent from me, but that's why I fucking hate shit like Superman Batman. I know you like it, Mike, but that's why I can't stand it where, like, people like Lady Shiva get, like, fucking one-punched off-panel or whatever the fuck it is. And I'm just like, dude, you guys don't understand. Like, it's Lady shiva like this is fucking a big deal but anyway but yeah like this this i think issue treats treats her with the utmost respect i mean even though she loses the fight like uh, you know it's it's like that's the gag right it's like you know it's it's the you know crunch out of the apple like you know Cass is like i don't (laughs) like
5: to lose
2: you know it's like that's fine like like she she pulled one over on her and that's cool and like you know and, and then you know i mean just like you know Bane and Batman, or Superman and Doomsday, like, there's a rematch, I mean, this culminates into, like, the 25th issue, I think, and then there's, like, this really awesome fight between the two of them, and, you know, a lot of my fandom for Lady Shiva goes back to, you know, I love Richard Dragon, and that's where she first showed up, and I remember, I think the first time I remember encountering Lady Shiva was in uh, Death in the Family, because she was one of, jason todd's potential mothers you know and there was that moment where you know to me like that was the first instance i saw lady shiva and and the notion was batman couldn't beat her on his own he could not beat her like if if jason hadn't helped he would have lost you know like that was the whole point of that scene so it's like I mean all those things combined it's like that's why I'm kind of like you know there used to be comics where you know Deathstroke and Shiva and different people like that like they they could beat Batman it wasn't like he was this infallible you know unstoppable guy or whatever but hey hey well be fair Deathstroke
4: needed a bookcase he did he did need a (laughs) bookcase
3: Mike have you read any of this volume of Batgirl before tonight
4: no, but, like, I, I know, uh, like, you know, it's it's held in, like, wh- high regard and stuff, and, like, I think this is actually the first issue I've ever read of, like, Cassandra Cain's, like, Batgirl, like, solo series.
2: What were your impressions? Like, what did you think of it having, I, I guess, coming from a place where this has been kind of talked up to death, or, or at least you, you're aware of its reputation? Like, like are you like, yeah, that wasn't so great? Or were you like, no, this, was the, this lives up to its rep?
4: Yeah, like, I liked it. Like, I think you said, like, you know, this is like the era where stuff started to be a little decompressed and like, it is a brisk read, but like, you know, it's a largely a fight scene, like, you know, ish. And like, I liked that, you know, the, the concept of it, basically that, you know, she got beaten and she's like, I just want to like, you know, get one of my own in like before, before these 22 pages are up, like basically I have to hit her and like she does. And like, I, like, I thought, you know. Like they they give you the concept and she executes it. And like that that's like, it was a nice, like, you know, like even if it's a part of a larger story, it was like almost like a done in one, like sort of. The, the art was okay. I thought the art might've been the weak point, but like I mean, it was functional, but like maybe if I had been reading, was that, is that the regular artist? Yeah, yeah. Okay, maybe if I had been reading like the book from the beginning with that artist, I'd be used to it. But like, I was kind of like, oh, you know, the art's not, Exactly what I like, like like, but it it
2: was functional. I I kind of feel like this was that era of artists. You know, Scott kind of reminds me of like guys like Humberto Ramos. You know, like that that, that they they have kind of like a it's it's an exaggerated style, but then they, there's there's elements of realism within the cartoony. You know, I'm I'm trying to think. There there are other guys I can think of, but like that's that's the first guy I can think of, like somebody like Humberto Ramos. But like, I, I'm trying to think of other guys, like maybe Ben Rabb on Impulse. I think that's his name. I don't know. Like there there were guys like that at the time where it's like, you know, some things, you know, somebody like Paul Ryan would be more stock, right? Like, like it'd be kind of your atypical superhero everybody would be in proportion like that kind of thing and you would read an issue of flash that he did and that would be kind of more standard proportions you know standard action like that kind of thing whereas this is i think just because of the nature of her fighting style and everything like the art's a little more frenetic and 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 i i can see why you know i i'm i'm sure I'm sure somebody like Big Country, you know, could look at the art and, and call it baby shit, or wonder like what's going yeah, on with the I'm art and stuff go like that. that. Far, no, but... no, 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 no. But, but I guess what I'm saying is, I can see your point, right? Like, I can see that it's not. Th- this is not a typical comic art, so I, I can see where you're going with it. You know what I mean? I, I think I think it's one of those things where I, I think I just got used to it, and and I like. I think for the most part, I mean, it's been a while since I've read like the whole run, but, but this stays pretty consistent for at least a couple of years. I mean, there might be some yeah. filming issues and stuff like that, but, but I, I think, I think something about that too, just the, the level of consistency to it where you, you're, you're with the same kind of creative team for a long time. I think, I think that that doesn't happen that much anymore. Like I totally appreciate that. So there, there's that aspect to it too
4: you know, it's, it's funny. Like I I said, like, I'm not, I'm not very familiar with Cassandra Kane, but I have read her in comics before. Like I liked when she showed up in that Red Robin series, you like suggested to me, like, and you know, Tim helped her out in an issue or whatever. And like, you know, I, I think even though I haven't read a lot with her, I hold her in like high regard. So like, I feel like, like, even I was like, like personally affronted by that Birds of Prey trailer where I'm like, that's supposed to be Cassandra
2: Kane? Like what? <laughs> I, I, I thought you were about to say, it cause I, I wasn't even thinking about the movie. Like, like all I can think of is like my, my, uh, uh what is it? My identity crisis with Sue did moment for, for Cassandra Cain is when it's like they did the, they did 52 and then the, the year later passed and then they started doing like a, uh, you know, a year later with Robin and then they made like Cassandra Kane the bad guy. And I was just like, I swear to like that, between that and all the stuff they tried to do to Stephanie, you know, like I just, I, at that point, that was when I was like deep, deep in the shit where I would go out and get drunk and yell about Wolverine stabbing Magneto and stuff. And I, I fucking hated that. Like so much like that, that run of Robin, like that, personally like that i that is offensive and i took a front to that run because i was just like i hate this so much finding my hate that's what we do (laughs)
4: well it's cool that like she actually you know she got she gets to appear in like that last new season of young justice that just came out and like you know she's you know you would think she would have like a, a more increased like uh profile now but yeah yeah i don't know i don't know what this movie's gonna do to her but whatever
3: and raised to make a kill She was not given her own will Her first hit left her feeling only disdain She ran to Gotham's No Man's Land
1: Learned from Barbara Gordon's hand This starts the legacy of Cassandra Cain
3: Rising from the devastation of No Man's Land a new warrior joined the Bat family, daughter of David Kane and Lady Shiva, trained from birth to be the ultimate killer, but choosing instead to save lives. She's been Batgirl, Black Bat, and Orphan. She is Cassandra Kane. Join Mike Staley as he goes through every appearance of one of DC's most underrated characters in Silent Night, the Cassandra Kane Podcast. On iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and at com.
2: So, so Michael, or, or I'm sorry, matches Mike. Uh, <laughs> why don't you, uh, you know, you tell us uh, wh- yeah. what it is you brought for us to read tonight? Since since Michael couldn't be here, you know.
4: Tell us about right. your comic, you mook. My comic, all right. I'm going to tell you, okay. Hey, hold your horses, okay. Like- <laughs> <laughs> but i brought batman adventures volume two number six this this uh series only lasted for about i think it, it was like 17 issues and it came out in 2003 and basically it, it, the, the concept behind the series was it was like more new adventures with like dc animated batman like the kevin conroy batman but Like, sort of, like, what he was doing in between Justice League episodes, basically, because, like, you know, he has the updated, like, Batman Justice League design with the, like, longer ears and whatever, you know, the subtle redesign he got in Justice League, so this is kind of, like, trying to, like, fill in, like in between episodes like give you give you some more batman the animated series like stories and you know this this series is held in pretty high regard even though it only lasted 17 issues and it had like an ongoing storyline and like i i was picking it up and i enjoyed it a great deal and much of it was written actually by dan slot so i mean you know we always kind of rag on him for like you know spider-man stuff but i always thought dan slot was pretty good on like like other stuff, and that's no exception here. So, I picked, you know, issue six, which is like sort of in the middle of a storyline involving Black Mask, which is, I guess, the the Birds of Prey like tie-in here. And uh, yeah, issue six came out in November of 2003. It's, the main story is written by Dan Slott, and the backup story is written by Ty Templeton. The penciler was Rick Burchett, Inker Terry Yaddy, colorist Lee Lowrich, letterer Rob, Rob Lay. Yeah, so the the first story is called Playing With Matches, and I wrote up a summary for it because I couldn't find one online, badly written or otherwise, so this is the summary for Playing With Matches. Bruce Wayne, aka The Batman, infiltrates the criminal organization The False Face Society in his undercover identity as Matches Malone. Partnered with petty crook Eel O'Brien and working under the society's enforcer Firefly, Matches rescues a woman trapped after one of Firefly's arson jobs. After returning home to Wayne Manor, Alfred informs Bruce of an unexpected visitor, his old flame Andrea Beaumont alias the assassin known as Phantasm. Andrea tells Bruce that she is working for the False Face Society and asks that he not get in her way. Bruce, however, coldly rejects her plea and tells her to leave. That night, Matches Malone attends a meeting of the society called by its leader, Black Mask, although he gets information on the next arson job that Black Mask is going to have Firefly full. He later suits up his Batman and pumps Eel O'Brien for information on it just to provide deniability for his undercover identity. Eel spills the location of Firefly's hideout, and Batman infiltrates it and sabotages some of Firefly's gear. Later, as the arson job is underway with Matches Malone on the scene, Firefly's flare gun malfunctions, and before he can torch anything, Batgirl shows up in Batman's fireproof suit to take down his men. Firefly tries to escape, but his jetpack has also been tampered with, he's taken down by Matches and Batgirl. At the False Face Society's hideout, Black Mask rages that Batman has continuously interfered in his operations and is interrupted by a call from the true leader of the False Face Society, who Mask quickly kowtows to. In the shadows, Phantasm lurks, wondering who this mysterious boss above Black Mask is. In the apartment maintained by Bruce Wayne for his Matches Malone identity, Matches is interrupted during a phone call with Alfred by the woman he rescued earlier in the story. She thanks him for not only rescuing her, but getting her a new job with Wayne Enterprises. And that was the main story, and then there's a short backup story called Two Minute Warning. It goes like this. Batman is tied up and held at gunpoint by Sportsmaster and his goons. Batman tells them to surrender, but Sportsmaster is just waiting on word from Black Mask to put a bullet in his head. Before word arrives, Robin and Batgirl break in, subdue Sportsmaster's men, and Batman takes care of the masked criminal himself. When Black Mask's call arrives, Robin tosses the phone to Batman, who tells the crime lord that he's next to fall. So yeah, like, each... Each issue of Batman Adventures usually had like a main like maybe like 17 or 18 page story and then like a six or five or six page backup story and they usually like tied into the ongoing story and early like early on in this series it was about like the like the false face society was an ongoing like plot line and you know it's it's led by black mask and there's like a mysterious overseer besides black mask and, and phantasm who just who joined up like this issue i think it's like sportsmaster bronze tiger a gorilla boss and i i forgot someone else probably but like you know it's all obviously with the false Face society name it's people with all masks and stuff so I mean, the other person is Firefly. He's oh, that's yeah, that's right. Yeah, Why well, I, 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 figured he was just like a flunky or whatever. But I was, I was trying to recall that like scene with them around the table. Yeah, um, who yeah, else is yeah. there? Yeah, like, like I said, I really enjoyed this book. It had like a ongoing plot line. It was in a like you know a continuity that I was really familiar with, and like you know it, it had stuff that you wish like happened like on the TV show like. Like, you know, you, I'd always be like, why doesn't, like, you know, it would be cool if Phantasm showed up again, like Andrea Beaumont, and, like, that actually happens in this book, and, you know, and then, you know, there, there's even, like, you know, a ongoing plot about the, like, you know, the true leader of the False Face Society who, like, Black Mask is talking to, and then it turns out to be red the Red Hood. And like but you never the the series ended before like Dan Slott and Ty Templeton could reveal who the Red Hood was going to be. So like that's, you know, and, you know, Batman, the animated series continuity doesn't have a whole lot of people like, you know, who you the the usual suspects couldn't be the Red Hood. So like you were kind of wondering, like, who it could possibly be. But but yeah, like so like I I really enjoy this series and I enjoy this issue. And like, I, I don't know, was this the first time you guys read it?
3: yeah i never read this before and kind of like you i like phantasm and my question was always okay if harley can jump from the animated series to comics like why can't the phantasm which i think i think they're going to introduce phantasm in that new batman catwoman whenever that yeah. out. but i was always yeah. like i think phantasm is a really interesting character like why can't they bring her over instead of harley so like when I started reading this, I was like, oh, okay, this is pretty interesting. And then Phantasm showed up and I like, it had my attention and I ended up reading like the next two issues of this. I got to the Red Hood reveal you were talking about. Then I like, I kind of didn't have enough time to read anymore. Like, I, I like, I really enjoyed this and I'll probably like, we'll go back and read to this. I really enjoyed this. Just, you know, seeing Matches Malone work with E.O. O'Brien, who you know, we'll become plastic man. Like, I thought that was really cool. Then the whole Fall Space society. Like, I remember them. I thought that was really, you know, kind of like you said, like, I, this is stuff that I wish could have been in the animated series. Then I think in the next issue, they have Batgirl fight phantasm, which I thought was a pretty cool fight. And Batgirl, you know, it looks like Batgirl is going to get drowned, but she totally like did some sneaky shit and has the upper hand in the and, Uh, yeah, like this. A lot of fun. Like usually, whenever we do one of these uh, episodes, I'll just read whatever is the assignment, and I won't read anything else around it. But like, I was so into this, I ended up reading. I
4: think I think we're all secret brothers, like on that. Because Derek, didn't
2: you say you went yeah, and yeah. read the whole? I, episode I, I, episode yeah, yeah. And... I ended up reading the whole run. I was like, I was like Justin, Whoa. you stole all my ideas, Larry. <laughs> And then the,
4: I I reread it too because I was like, oh man, I haven't reread this series in like ten years, so I like read all seventeen issues again too.
2: I, I just feel like echoing like one, I'd never read this before. Two, Dan Slott wrote a Batman comic book. What? And then and then three, Andrea Beaumont. What? Like that 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 was basically my my train of thought. And that's even after I mean th- that's not to discount like there was that cool Batman Adventures annual where they did the sequel to. Mask of the Phantasm and all that stuff and I remember being attracted by that cover you know the one where like the Phantasm mask comes off and it looks like the Joker's underneath it and all that stuff so that that was another but much like Justin I was always you know uh, uh, I guess attracted by the the you know character and, and any follow up that was done with that character So, but I, I had no idea that she was involved in this so that kind of got my attention. I think one thing that is enticing and unusual. Because, like, Batman the Animated Series, pretty much, I mean, yeah, they had some two-parters and stuff, but they kind of always had done-in-one stories on the animated series. And even in Justice League, I mean, it wasn't really until they started doing that Cadmus arc they started doing kind of an ongoing serial narrative. So it's kind of interesting that that this, you know, had that false face society arc that basically is like, Running through the comics, and it kind of reminded me of like reading like old, you know, heaven forbid, but old Spider-Man comics. You know, where like you know the Hobgoblin mystery would be there, and then it kind of go away for a few issues, and then they'd come back to it, and then it'd go away, and then of course it got all fucked. And pretty much the same thing with this, right? Because it's like they they had the false face thing, they had some of the mystery who's behind it, and you know that that kind of thing, and then they have the Red Hood reveal. I'm like I hesitate to to talk more because I kind of I kind of want you know like if just and hasn't read the whole thing like i I'd like you know I'd rather have him read it on his own. The only other thing I'd say though is there's you know how you said you got a s you know a suspicion like you'd read the story with with Black Canary before at least in terms of a hero trains. A group of people, and you felt like a sense of deja vu. And to me, I guess I was kind of thinking of this as like, "Gee, isn't it nice that Dancelot got to do his training wheel story with a, a mayor that can't stand the hero of the the city, and then he could go right yeah, like was gonna Jay that. Jonah, like you know, becoming the mayor and and." and you know yelling and screaming about spider-man or whatever you know so i was like oh okay he, he recycled that with like like i feel
4: I, I almost feel like like the penguin the an ongoing subplot in this book is the penguin has become the mayor of gotham and like i feel yeah like he eventually recycles that when in his spider-man run with like J- jameson becoming the mayor I, I
2: think that's just you know the same sour grapes that like Jeff Loeb and all them guys had, you know, like where they made Lex Luthor the president. It's like this is this is the kind of same same line of thought, I think, with with that. But yeah, I mean, I I enjoyed, you know, I mean, you know, I enjoyed reading it. Like, I think I think th- th- there was I OK, I, I don't want to spoil it for Justin, but I'm just going to say to you, Mike, I was like, there's that one issue with the gray ghost, I'll just say. And like I was just kinda like, Are you are you for real, Dan Slot? Like, come on, leave leave <laughs> fucking Christian Bale alone. Like, stop being an asshole. Like, come on. Like, yeah. You know?
4: Like that was
2: yeah. Uh-huh. That was pretty uh uh
4: yeah, pointed commentary, I guess. Yeah, but... yeah.
2: I was like, come on. <laughs> what did Christian <laughs> well... Bale do to you? you know so whatever
4: i do like like uh, the references to like, like just so you know that like you know batman is a part of the justice league in this where i like like alfred's ribbing like bruce about his matches malone disguise and he's like hey look like i know so i work with someone who like gets away with this with only wearing glasses like i've got glasses and a mustache and a match like so and then, and then when Andrea Beaumont shows up at the mansion, he's like, Alfred, like get the device that tells us if someone's clay face or a Martian or a robot. Like, <laughs> like I think that was great. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I, I, I kind of got the feels with the whole mom's brooch thing, you know, or whatever that was like, and then, I mean, and, and, and it's like, you, you get the, uh, the vibe, like what did, did he give it to Andrea and she returned it or no, he has it. He had it earlier because of what? Because of Julie Madison or something like that, right? Like, because he was, he took it out of the case or something like that. And then, and then, and then it's in the room when she's in the room. So it's like, oh, that's kind of like, you know, the, the, the feels, the heartbreak or whatever that is going on with Andrea Beaumont. And then, you know, and then who it eventually goes to. I was just kind of like, oh, okay. I like, I like the way they did that. That's kind of nice.
4: They really kind of nailed like Bruce Wayne's, like, you know, bat dick. Attitude, I guess, like in certain panels, I feel like when, you know, Batgirl's like, you know, Firefly's getting away. Like, are you going to do something? And he's like, you know, don't ever take that tone of voice with me. Like, and then, or like, he's really cold to Andrea, yeah. like, especially. Well, yeah, yeah, like yeah. I, I
2: almost feel like, see, that, that I almost feel like is, is, is some of slot coming through. Cause I mean, he, he flat out's like, I don't talk to killers, go away. You know? And I'm just gonna like, dude, like, you know, like, I don't know. It seems like there'd be more nuance to it than that. But, but I guess cause it's a kid's comic and, and maybe cause, cause of the, the, I don't know. He does really take a hard line with her. He's just like, you know, we could have had something, but nope, you're, you're a killer. I don't do that. You know, it's, it's almost like that, that notion about wasn't there? Like the one story with like Raish al Ghul. And then when all said and done, like Talia's there like on her own. And it's like, I think Raish is like, you would, you know, you would betray my daughter or whatever. And he's like, but I love justice more, you know? And it's just like, what? (laughs) <laughs> yeah okay whatever
4: It's like my only boner is for justice <laughs>
2: that's basically how the issue ends he's like my boner is for justice you know so i was like all right
4: it reminds me of uh like the, the as we record this this week like the how it should have ended like super cafe like guys like released a video of batman and superman like talking in the cafe about uh disney plus and, like, Superman's like, you gonna, like, subscribe to The Plus? Like, and and, and, and Batman, Batman's like, like I only subscribe to just like, <laughs>
1: uh, uh. Born out of violence, adopted in chaos, teenager Cassandra Kane is seeking the answer to a question. If nurture can undo nature. Raised to be an assassin, Cassandra is trying to burn the pages of her past and write a whole new future.
0: Batman Nightcast, a thrilling new podcast from the Fire and Water Podcast Network, hosted by Ryan Daly
5: and Chris Franklin. Nightcast chronicles the Cape Crusaders' adventures in Batman and Detective Comics after Crisis on Infinite Earths. Highlights from this legendary era include... Batman number 400. Legends. Mike Barr and Alan Davis. Batman
0: Year One.
5: Batman Year Two.
0: Max Allen Collins.
5: Ugh.
0: Um, the new Jason Todd. Ugh. Millennium?
5: You're not doing this right. Let me take over. Alan Grant and Norm Brayfogle. Alan Grant from Jurassic Park? Did you hear me say Norm freaking Brayfogle? Oh, yeah. Son of the Demon. The Killing Joke. A Death in the Family.
0: Batman Year 3.
5: A Lonely Place of Dying.
0: Alan Grant, Alan Davis, Max Allen Collins. Why are there so many people named Alan from this era of Batman?
5: The Rise of Tim Drake. Legends of the Dark Knight. And that's just up until 1989.
0: Did anything exciting happen with Batman after that?
5: You'll have to tune in to find
0: out. Batman Nightcast, part of the Fire and Water Podcast Network.
5: Find it on iTunes and at fireandwaterpodcast.com.
0: Oh, we forgot to mention your favorite issue, When Batman Fires Dick Grayson.
5: You want to find another co-host?
3: Well, I I don't think the Birds of Prey movie is going to give anyone any kind of bonus. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> i don't know man margot robbie's got lots of fans you'd be surprised yeah. i think she's i think she's got enough sex appeal to go all the way around for the rest of the people in that yeah, movie so
4: like i mean if we're we're gonna talk about that like to some extent like i'd say that there's two things that i'm holding out like you know some level of interest in about that movie and that's Mary Elizabeth Winstead as the huntress cuz like I like her and like you know I generally like the huntress so like maybe she'll be good and I mean <sighs> I mean, from the trailer, it doesn't look like Ewan McGregor's, like, you know, anything remotely similar to the Black Mask from the comics. But I do like Ewan McGregor. So, I mean, like, maybe he'll be okay as long as he's not like, you know, a -a." hunker, hunker.
2: Yeah, yeah. I I, I admit, like, even, even back when they released that really awkward, weird teaser trailer where it was just like, I don't know a bunch of people in like a party room or whatever that was. Like, like the, the moment they were kind of like, Oh, and Ewan McGregor's in this movie. and I was like, wait, Ewan McGregor's like black mask. I'm like, that could be interesting. You know, like, but I don't know the, the actual trailer trailer doesn't really deliver on that so far, but we'll, we'll
4: see what happens. Do let me ask you guys like, and maybe specifically like you, uh, like Derek, like, since you 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 know you've read like you've read birds yeah, of prey yeah. right like like, or, or have you too justin like have you read like that series like
3: i've read the first 30 or 40 issues
4: okay well like yeah well that's good enough then yeah you you have established cred then like much more established cred than i do like do you guys like feel like i said like sort of like affronted that like you know, it, it's a, like, Harley Quinn movie, like, disguised, like, as oh. a, or, or, like, Birds of Prey oh, movie, yeah. or, or the other way around, Ab-
2: like, absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, and, and then, and then it's just, like, when, you know, it's all that synergy, too, like, if you notice now, they've got the Black Label series, where it's, like, it's, like, Harley and her amazing friends, the Birds of Prey, and I'm just, like, oh, fuck me, dude, like, are you fucking serious, like? Go away, fucking Harley Quinn. Go the fuck away.
4: Because, like, even, even, even though I haven't read any of it, like, I, I know a, it's a title with a lot of history to it. I mean, it's a title, like, it's a team that has, like, a lot of, you know, well-known members, you know, Black Canary, Huntress, like, Catwoman. Like, you know, there's so many things you could pull from. And then in, instead, you know, they put Harley Quinn, like, front and center. So...
2: It's weird, like, I kind of think, like, I mean, I don't know, like, I guess they just couldn't get the idea of a Gotham Girls movie off the ground or something, like, because I I don't know else they were going to try to market that, but it sounded like they they knew that just to release a flat-out Harley Quinn movie was not going to fly, I guess, but then, and then, I guess they didn't want to do a Harley Quinn and Joker movie, or a Joker and Harley Quinn movie, or whatever, right? Like, because... I don't know. For whatever reason they didn't want to do that either. So then then it became this thing of, "Oh, well, let's get Harley cuz she's popular and then let's put her with other, you know, popular female characters from the Batman universe." And then they they're like, "Well, what are we going to call that?" And then and then it seems like then it dovetailed into, "Well, let's just, you know, we have got these Birds of Prey characters lying around, like let's just that's Harley and the Birds of Prey, you know?" And it's like, I don't know. I mean, <sighs> i uh, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
4: like I can't imagine how people who are like you know huge fans of that book, you know from like way back or whatever, feel, but like you know you, you guys are the closest people I know who would like you know have the cred to feel like, it's, it's you know, weird, like though, said,
2: because there's there's different i mean the the people that would be upset about this movie probably aren't even reading current d c. comics. I mean, I mean, I think that's almost applicable to Justin, right? Like, I mean, you, you have your phases where you try to dabble back in, but it seems like ultimately a lot of times, even after you dabble back in for a little while, you eventually are like, fuck this noise, I'm out of you, right? Like, I mean, I, I don't mean to speak for you, but that's, I mean, is that...
3: No, you're pretty much on target. Like, I, I tried to go back and read that, you know, there was a Batgirl in the Birds of Prey book, and I read that for maybe... issues and i was like you know i don't i'm not really into this this isn't for me so i kind of dip in and out pretty often oh yeah and i
2: mean okay so i mean i i've I, not entirely of my own volition, but I, I had been reading some of those, like that Batgirl and Birds of Prey and some of that other stuff. I mean, some of those books are fucking awful. I mean, I mean, there was a reason why I didn't read them when they first came out. You know what I mean? So I get why people are disenfranchised by some of it. I mean, I try to hone in and find the things that, that are recent that that I think bring me uh, entertainment and joy, you know? But yeah. I, I, I kind of feel like, uh, to what you're saying, like if there's a uh, disenfranchised fan base that would be upset by this movie, I think they've been disenfranchised like 20 times over before this movie even came out. So by this point, that, that's why my attitude is, it's not like I'm enraged, it's more like, eh. eh, eh. You know, because it's like, well, I mean, they've already done a bunch of shitty Birds of Prey comics, and they've already done, like, a bunch of crap where, like, Harley Quinn steals the spotlight from, like, you know, I don't know, the fucking Suicide Squad. I mean, I like that movie, but it's like, and and I don't hate the New 52 Suicide Squad book and everything that followed after that, but it's like, Harley Quinn was never fucking part of the suicide squad you know what i mean but it's like that's the way they made that movie fly right that's how they sold it it's just like so i don't know you know like it's catch 22 right like you you might not have gotten the movie if it wasn't for her but then at the same time it's like is that really the movie that you wanted you know like it's like i you know would i have been happier if it was just you know bronze tiger and deadshot and rick flag and you know Nightshade and, and, you know, you know, basically the 80s Suicide Squad, you know, the one that, that I like the most and am the most familiar with, but it's like, you know, it wasn't quite that, you know, which is fine. Like, I, I don't dislike the movie. I do like the movie, but I mean, I, I can see why, you know, at some point, you know, there, there'd be a contingent of people that are disenfranchised either, you know, long before this movie hits, hits the theaters or, or, you know, that, that, you know, Kind of like that oversaturation of Deadpool. I mean, clearly Deadpool and Harley are not that that far apart, you know, in terms of that that oversaturation. You know, yeah, I I almost feel like it would
4: be like if you like you had a movie like you know Deadpool and the X Men or something, like or, or Deadpool and X Force or something, and you like they kind of did do that like in Deadpool too, but like you're kind of like yeah, but you know x-force has like its own history and its own like you know it has legs if you do it yeah. right but well well, well yeah like birds i, I, of, I, I think say birds of prey has even more legs. i, I, than I would that, think the but.
2: fear is that that the birds become the shatter star of deadpool 2 right like that that it's just some stupid punchline and and there meanwhile there's people yeah. that you know probably were or are fans of that character, right? Uh, for whatever reason, you know, whether it's because he's snogging Richter, or because he's, he's a badass guy who's got a bunch of swords, or whatever, like, whatever the reason is, right? Like, there's probably reasons why people are fans of Shatterstar, but yet, in that film, he was just a stupid punchline, and now he's fucking dead. So it's like, that's it. Like, that's all they did with him, right? Like, so, and 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 if if you liked that character, that would be kind of upsetting, right? Like, and, and I think if you, if you like some of these other characters, if you think the Cassandra Kane run that we talked about is super cool, like there's that reservation amongst, you know, I guess me and Justin at least, you know, or even yourself, and you don't have that much experience with the character that it's like, well, this isn't quite going to be the bill of goods that is sold in that comic, it's going to be some other bill of goods. Now, whether we're willing to buy that, like who the fuck knows, but you know, it doesn't seem like it. So,
4: yeah, like, well, I, I just wanted to talk about that because I feel like, I, like, I wanted to wrestle with my feelings about it with you guys because, like, I, I'm kind of like, like, I, I, I'm, a, I mean, I'm, I'm a longtime comic fan, but I'm not particularly versed in that stuff. But like, when you've been a like comic fan as long as I have you just pick up stuff, like, and you know, like, this is how the way things are and how they should be, and you know who's a fan of what and whatever, and then I kind of look at that, and I'm like, man, what a waste. Like, what a, I don't know, like, a, it, it seems like a wasted opportunity. Well, almost. it's
2: weird, because there's that, there's that, fanboy inequity you know because it's like it's it's like the deadpool and harley fans like they they're like the hogs in the trough like with all the fucking mud just going isn't this great we're in a golden age of deadpool and harley and they're having a fucking party over there (laughs) meanwhile like the people that are fans of like you know i don't know shatterstar and x-force and and uh you know the the birds of prey you know the people that are like i love oracle well it's like sniff sniff like where's where's oracle in all of this nowhere you know what i mean so it's like you're just like okay well i guess i guess that's just how it's gonna roll
4: like they they could have done batgirl in the birds of prey and made that like a movie and that you know but like they i know they had like a batgirl movie in in like production i don't know if it's still going forward but but that would have been more appropriate at least
2: Yeah, I don't know. Like, like some sometimes now. Like, I mean, because I I, 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 it's weird. I feel like I went through. You know, I had that stage where I was like, oh, I'm watching everything. You know, anything that's comic related, I'm gonna follow it, keep up with it, watch it. I mean, I feel like I'm at that point where not only is not only is there so much content that I, I, I literally cannot keep up with all of it. There's actually content that people are putting out that I actively do not want to keep up with. So, I mean, and I I know what that says. It's like, it's like, you know, there's more selection, there's more choice. But I mean, and think about it. It's like that, that like, this is coming from me, you know, like, it's like at some point, maybe I will watch some of that stuff just, just for reasons. But it's like, at this point, like if it just for like pure entertainment and stuff that kind of gets my juices pumping, it's like, okay, I'll watch the stuff that I enjoy, you know, like, but it's like, I don't know, I, I, I think I'm at that point where kind of decided, like, I'm not going to go see The Rise of Skywalker. And I don't know if I'm going to watch this Birds of Prey thing or not. I might, but I might not. So I don't know. I mean, I'll, I'll just see how I feel, like, when it actually comes out. But, I mean, I I think it's getting to that point where, you know, like, or, or at the very least, if if I'm not going to watch it in the theater, you know, I might be willing to, you know, wait three months down the road and just, you know, watch it at home or some shit, you know?
4: Hmm. I, w- I wish I had your resolve, Derek, because, like, even, like, you know, all the Bayformer movies and all that, like, you skipped all of them, but I was kind of like, you know what, I kind of have to watch this, and, like, you know, and no, even no, if no, I but, regret but it, I'm like, well, But that, that's
2: I for it. years, I would get ribbed about that, because I'd be so hard fast on, I'm not going to watch any of the Bayformer movies, and then, and then I'd get laughed at, because they'd be like, but you're going to watch Jonah Hex, you fucking nerd, you know, and it's like, well, what do you say to that? You're like, yeah, it's true, like, Jonah Hex is a piece of shit movie, too, you know? unless you don't know any better you know so it's like you know and it's like is this is this birds of prey with harley quinn just another fucking jonah hex thing that completely misses the point like maybe like probably like and 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 then that that's why you're like okay well you know like and i don't know i mean there there might be things it's like you know like i like i went and watched the joker you know and i I don't know that i that is exactly my personal cup of tea but i still went out and watched it anyway, just cause I guess I wanted to be on the pulse of that, you know, and, and make up my own mind before I, I heard like 20 million different talking points and opinions about why it's good or why it's bad, you know? But I mean, I think at this point, like, I think, I think somebody threw down the challenge. Like if you're not into, you know, the last Jedi and, and, and Ray and all this other nonsense, it's like, well, why don't you just not watch rise of Skywalker? And I think I kind of made up my mind a long time ago. I was like, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't think i'm gonna watch that like i don't fucking care
4: i think i think like just recently mark hamill like literally said that like he was like look if you didn't like the
2: last movie just don't watch yeah, this yeah one. i mean I, it just seems like that's the way to go right like so i mean and and i think what i'm finding is depending on you know, whatever content it is, you know, with with comics, there there might be things that I get really keen on. You know, whether it's like, you know, I, I you know I don't know. I'm at this point we're just rambling and talking out of our ass. But it's like I, I I've liked a lot of the stuff they a lot of the shows they have on the DC app, and maybe that's because you know I'm paying for it or whatever. But I mean, you know, I'm not saying I like everything a hundred percent. It's not like I'm going to be the first in line to. To uh, watch the latest animated Harley Quinn episode when it comes out, because that looks atrocious as well. Just, just you know. Speaking of that, but I mean, I've been enjoying Titans. You know, like I enjoyed Doom Patrol. You no, know, so I just try to focus on those. You know,
3: I'll watch Birds of Prey, but it'll be the triple X
4: That that'll probably have more accurate costumes. It, proba- it yep, probably it probably will probably <laughs>
2: will. All right, well before I start talking about, you know, when when those parodies start losing me I think it's time for us to roll out of this episode. So if you guys have any other comments, questions, or concerns, if you have any angry, angry emails, you can send them to gmail.com If you want to check out the backlog of episodes of Comics Motherfucker! Do you read them? You can check them out over on the fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. We're on all kinds of streaming services. We're on Stitcher Radio, Spotify, Google Play, etc. We can be found on all kinds of social media we're on instagram facebook tumblr twitter we appreciate all the likes hearts retweets feedback etc we appreciate the listens so thanks for all that and until the next time this is gonna be derek derek wc uh i ain't getting a murder rap for this i'm gonna stretch on out of here signing off hey it's mike
4: and derek get that machine that tells us if justin's a martian
3: (laughs) And this is Justin, the Triple X parody, signing off. Oh, yeah. have
1: a brand new day. You simply call us the one and only birds of prey. Green Lantern has his special range. Please strong, that little thing. New Beetle's deeds are really swell. But who will bring him out of his shed? Flash his bow, there finish last. Too bad sometimes he's just too fast. While all the boys can when he's shooting straight. Hey! I'm just saying. Aquaman's always courageous. His little fish, less outrageous. Plastic man can expand. Becomes, becomes funny, funny in our hands. <laughs> While all the boys can keep you pumped. Check out that utility belt Sure can make a girl's heart melt He's always right there for the save I'd like to see his secret cave While Batman does things in his special way
3: Event Leviathan,
2: like I said, was a big stinky, thing, this butt fart. <laughs> yeah, I saw what you guys posted about that. It, it was a pretty big butt fart, and I'm like, "Oh man, the tooting's not over yet." You know, it's like it's like <laughs> there will there will be more tooting in Action Comics. I'm like, it makes me feel good. I I stop reading that because it's like uh, I don't I don't want any of that fucking fume smell anymore. I have a feeling it's not over. It's like, oh boy, Event Leviathan. <laughs> And then it's like, but wait, there's still some more, there's some more left. He's still got some, he's still got some beans in there and he's all ready to go.